Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, Brand New Bang and I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast is here. Higgity, have no fear. On today's I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast, I, Michael Rappaport, call for the impeachment. I am filing the papers as we speak. I am calling for the impeachment of Les Miserables. Miserable Marjorie Taylor Greene, plus a fantastic weekend in Vermont. I was able to avoid all baked goods. Screen Actors Guild is about to go on strike. Writers Guild is on strike. I'll break down more information and how we got there and where we're going. All that morning, fantastic, hard-hitting I Am Rapport Serial Podcast coming up right now. Miles Jordan, a.k.a. the Bleach Brothers, a.k.a. the Dust Brothers. Start this puppy off with something real nice. Start this puppy off with something real loud. But most importantly, start this I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast off with something real funky. It's I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Let's go. fear the i am rapaport stereo podcast is here welcome to the iron dome of disruption welcome to the ziggity zone of disruption the name is michael rapaport aka the gringo mandingo aka the monster of mucus aka the inflamed ashkenazi aka the disruptive warrior aka the raging bullshitter you are now rocking with the very, 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 very best. I am Rapport Stereo Podcast coming live and direct from New York City. And I am back. Beautiful day here in New York City. Gorgeous day in Nueve Yorka. I was just in Vermont, Burlington, Vermont. Nothing but good things to say about Burlington, 
Vermont. Number one, I made it out there easy. It's shocking how quick and easy Vermont is from New York. Number two, the airport in Burlington, Vermont, should be made into a workplace comedy a la The Office because the airport in Vermont, shout out to anybody who I came across at the airport who works at the airport in Vermont, is the most laid back airport I've ever been to. It, listen, I know Burlington is a small city. I've been to some small cities before, but that airport in Burlington, I almost felt like people were going to be like smoking weed in there. It was so just chill. They had some like restaurant. I forgot what it was called, like the, the, the rainbow griddle or the pancake griddle or something. They were cooking actual food in the airport stop. I was chatting fresh baked this, fresh baked that. Security was relaxed. The whole vibe in Burlington is super chill. The store owners, the business owners in Vermont dress exactly the same as the homeless people in Vermont. They got it figured out out there. Everybody looks, smells, and feels the same in Burlington, Vermont. And one of my biggest things that I was able to do getting out of Vermont is I did not have one baked good. Everywhere you go, they got fresh baked bread, uh, f- fresh baked uh, muffins, fresh baked chocolate chip cookies, fresh break- baked brownies all over the place. They're big on baking out there, at least where I was. And I was in this coffee shop. Every day, they made food in there. And every day, I was looking at those chocolate chip cookies. Every day, I was looking at those, I don't know, muffins. They they, they had all kinds of bread goods. I didn't do it. You could smell it being baked in the back. Did not do it because I'm trying to stay away from all of it. Not for for my looks because I look great. I look fantastic. I'm lean. I'm mean, but the nickname, the monster of mucus, that doesn't just uh, float out of thin air. That's real. That is real. I, I, I am chalk, chalk filled with mucus, hence the monster of mucus. Anyway, shout out to everybody who came to the shows in Burlington. Great weekend, great vibe, great club. Just a dope, cool, fun weekend. Got my workout in, was able to rest, did a couple of walks, fresh air. Listen, I love New York. Never going to leave New York. But when you go to a place like Burlington, Vermont, you get off the plane, you're like, it's like a different, different quality of air that you're sniffing in. Got a couple of weeks off from being on the road. Then I am going to Rhode Island, Providence, Rhode Island, the Comedy Connection. The 15th, 16th, and 17th, no, yeah, the 15th, 16th, and 17th, Comedy Connection, and then the 18th, Chickabee, Massachusetts, chick o p Massachusetts. and I'll be in Denver, the 15th, 16th, and 17th. All tickets, all information is available at michaelrappaportcomedy.com. I got a bunch of shows coming up in the summer, going to Kansas City, Brea, California, Syracuse, Salt Lake City in September, blah, 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 blah. 
but who the hell knows what the world's gonna look like in August. But what I'm gonna do now, what I'm doing right now is because I see that almost every day, the gimp, the gimp from Georgia, who should be walking around with a, with a rubber ball in her mouth, because she's a true blue, mean, mean, angry, demented, dead-armed gimp with little, little rock-hard, flat feet. That's what it sounds like when Marjorie Taylor Greene walks. She walks on grass. I saw it. There's a video. I don't know if it was CGI'd. I don't know if it was green screen, but there is a video of Marjorie Taylor Greene walking on grass, and this is what it sounds like. Big heavy-footed. Backwoods. Marjorie Taylor Greene. I am calling today. This is the official calling. The paperwork is being filed as I speak. Me, Michael Rappaport. Concerned, caring, loving, and I'm loving. My heart is filled with love. Bulldog, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who has the face of a middle linebacker and the feet of Barney Rubble. Me, Michael Rappaport, I am calling for the impeachment of miserable, mutant, deranged, Muppet-faced Marjorie Taylor Greene today. I want you out. I want you out, and I'm going to do every single thing in my power as a concerned, caring, loving citizen of this country to get you out. And like I said, the paperwork, it's a lot of paperwork to get even an animal like Marjorie Taylor Greene impeached, but I'm going to do what I got to do. Because you need to go. You are a mean-spirited, race, divisive, homophobic, drag queen-phobic, just a nasty, nasty, miserable motherfucker, Marjorie Taylor Greene. You gots to go. You ain't no good. You're no good. There's nothing about what you're doing is good. Your agenda is to just divide, conquer. I mean, you're the bottom of the bottom. You're the sea creature that has fucked itself. Your tentacles have fucked yourself. Nine, 10, 11 ways to Sunday. The tentacles that created you fucked themselves and formed you. You're that. You're the, you're the scary, mean, miserable, lonely sea creature at the bottom of the swamp. And Trump said he was going to drain that swamp. He said he was going to drain that fucking swamp. And if, in fact, he's going to drain that fucking swamp, you need to go first. I don't know who will be able to take you down. I damn sure wouldn't want to be caught in a back alley with you. I'm scared of you. 
You're about 5'1". I don't know. 5'1", 5'2". Heavy-footed with what appears to be a dead arm. Now, allegedly, when you get into a scrap, you swing that dead arm. I ain't looking for no physical scrap with you, but I am calling for the official impeachment of miserable, les miserables, miserable Marjorie Taylor Greene. You were outside on the steps of Congress having what appeared to be a friendly, you know, sort of back and forth with Jamal Bowman. Everything was above board. It was being videotaped all over the place. And now, after that videotape was looked at, that's the kind of banter that could have brought you guys together. Friendly conversation. Even though you didn't agree, it was, it was friendly. Nobody was cursing. No one was being disrespectful. You couldn't take that. You had to take it into some other, some other thing that you felt threatened his physical actions, his physical... This is because you're an animal. And I don't need to keep the adjectives. Like, I'm good with the gift of gab. But the adjectives, how many more adjectives can I come up with to describe you? You dog. You mutant. Your boyfriend also seems to have a propensity for what? For what? For dressing up in drag. Listen, I have... You're the bottom of the barrel. You gots to go. So I got some people who I can't name now, that are filling out all the forms for the impeachment of you, miserable Marjorie Taylor Greene. You're always calling for the impeachment of this one, that one, smoking Joe Biden. Now, me, concerned, caring, loving citizen, I'm calling for the impeachment of you, you fuck you. Put that in your fucking pipe and smoke it. Podcast. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. John Wall, baby, needs no introduction. Every week, the five-time NBA All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA and what's going on now in the league. CJ will bring his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoop takes. Plus, John Wall will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show to give their unfiltered accounts of what's really going on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex-
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Sat through the remake. I wasn't even going to watch it. It's my fault. Sat th- See, this is what happens when you're in a hotel. I should have got out, uh, went out and got some extra fresh air. But I, I, I had gotten my fresh air. I did my workout. Had my gluten-free lunch. Avoided eating some brownies. Avoided eating some chocolate chip cookies. Was scrolling around on Hulu. And I sat through the remake of White Men Can't Jump. Why can't they just leave good enough alone? Why can't we just leave well enough alone? I knew that movie was not going to be good 15 minutes into it because 15 minutes into it, we hadn't gotten to the plot plot. We've all seen it. If we haven't seen it, we know what it is. 15 minutes. That's what they say. 10, 15 minutes, we need to be into the story, especially of a remake. We already saw the first one. And I see this Jack Harlow. No disrespect. Jack Harlow, the only thing really interesting about Jack Harlow is that he's white and cute. He's not that good of a rapper. He's not bad. He don't suck by any means. And he certainly ain't that good of an actor. White and cute, historically speaking, that will get you far. I'm just white. No one ever said, Mike Rapp, you're cute. Now, of course, I had my days. But that wasn't my thing. I didn't lean into my cuteness. I could have, should have. But that's neither here nor there. Those days are behind me. I'm 53 years old. I'm hanging on for dear life. I was diagnosed with tennis elbow last week. I've never played tennis. I haven't played tennis in 25 years. Maybe 30. Doctor said, you have tennis elbow. I go, what the fuck is going on here? Jack Harlow don't have tennis elbow. He's not dealing with stuff. Young, he's cute. Good rapper. Not great. Fair enough. First performance. Listen, to put a person into a film who's never acted to star in a film... You better be super duper duper talented. You know how hard it, you know how disrespectful it is? You've never acted before and we're going to give you a starring role in a remake of an iconic film? This doesn't fall on Jack Harlow. Doesn't fall on Jack Harlow. It's not good. It's not shit. It's just not good. I, wait, I, I did it to myself because I said I wasn't going to watch it. But yet I did it because I was curious because I enjoyed the first film. I also had a, you know, a connection to the first film. It was probably the very first time that I auditioned for a film knowing I wasn't going to get the part. But I had auditioned for that film. White Men Can't Jump. It was a big script at the time. Ron Shelton was directing it. And before we were able to even audition as actors, the great Vicki Thomas, casting director, she was uh, the casting director at the time. We had to go out and audition to see if we could even play basketball. 
And everybody was there. Me. I remember Timothy Hutton. I remember Wesley Snipes. I remember Matt Dillon. I believe Keanu Reeves. I think I was playing basketball with Keanu. Everybody in Los Angeles was auditioning uh, at those basketball auditions before you could even get in there to read. And then I got in to read because I was good enough. Oh, yeah. I was good enough. That was easy. But that audition process, I knew I wasn't going to get the film, but just going through that process gave me so much confidence as an actor. And then the movie came out. It was a pop culture, huge hit. Woody Harrelson, Wesley Snipes, Ron Shelton, the director, Rosie Perez. Anyway, White Men Can't Jump should have been left alone. And it wasn't. My review, is it two out of five balls? I give White Man Can't Jump two out of five basketballs. Five being the best. Five basketballs is the best review that the redo of White Man Can't Jump could have gotten, but this one only gets two. I give it two and a half basketballs. You want something that you could watch the first 15 minutes and not even pay attention to? And then it could be like background noise. Like, oh, yeah, it's going. That's what White Man Can't Jump was. The remake, the redo. Speaking of acting, auditioning, show business, the Screen Actors Guild, SAG-AFTRA, is about to vote to authorize a strike. Doesn't mean we're going on strike yet. But the vote amongst SAG-AFTRA, the upcoming vote that's happening in the next couple of days is to authorize a strike because inevitably the actors, the directors, and the writers need to go on strike. Uh, I've talked about this a couple of times on the podcast, but it all comes down to this. Money and AI. Essentially, there's details in each guild that they're all fighting for. But I could speak on behalf of the actors. Number one, they need to start treating all actors, and I'm not talking about the Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, Michael Rappaports, if you will, with the respect that we deserve in terms of the business of it, the minutia of it. I, I don't want to go too deep down the rabbit hole because you're like, oh, you're complaining. I'm not talking about me. You know, there's a lot of actors that you don't know. A lot of actors who are nameless. They make their living doing whatever part they can get in whatever genre they can get. And to get health insurance and so forth and so on, you got to fight, you got to audition, you got to get lucky. The moon, the sun, all needs to be aligned just to get a, just to get a job for a lot of people. And if you don't get those jobs, you don't get that health insurance. If you don't get those jobs, you need to get a second job. But there's stuff with the audition process. There's stuff with actors getting the information that they deserve rightfully. And then, of course, there's money. We, the actors, want more money. Again, I ain't talking about Ryan Gosling, Ryan Reynolds, or Jason Momoa. Okay, 
We want more money. We deserve more money. There's time things and all that stuff. There's little intricacies that were too boring to explain on the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. I don't try not to go down any rabbit hole. Residual money. Residual money from the streamers. I saw something. The ridiculously successful Netflix show Stranger Things. Just this week. This week had more than 7.2 billion minutes watched. 7.2 billion minutes watched this week from Stranger Things. Now, I don't know how many episodes that is, but 7.2 billion, B, with a B, minutes were watched from Stranger Things. You know what the writers directors and actors get from that success 0.0 there ain't no residuals with the streamers none and some dummies uninformed dingbats might go well what do you get paid up front well like i said the top of the top will get paid a lot up front especially for stranger things the writer the creators of that they'll get paid a lot because they know the more Stranger Things comes out, the better it is for the streamer, in this case being Netflix. But aside from the little girl, Eleven, and the main actors, on that successful show, because their original contracts, you don't get that. But let's say it was even more successful. You don't get anything in success. From the streamers. There's no residual money. 7.2 billion minutes were watched just of Stranger Things this week. And the actors get Jack Bone. The directors get Jack Bone. The writers get Jack Bone. That's why we're striking, you fucks. That's why we're fucking striking. And this AI shit. These studios, they refuse to outright say, no, we're not going to use AI to write our scripts. We're not going to use AI to direct our shows. We're not going to use AI to have actors in our shows. You, you think that AI could create something as magical as Marlon Brando? You, you think that AI has the life experience, the training, the skill set to go, I could have been a contender. Fuck no! You, you think that AI can figure out what Stanley Kubrick intricately figured out in every single one of his films? No. You think that AI could duplicate the movement of Al Pacino's eyes? And you feel it, you feel his anxiety, you feel his fear, you feel his panic. No. You think that AI could recreate Robert De Niro, Denzel Washington, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, Jennifer Jason Lee? You think that AI has the capabilities to recreate somebody like Meryl Streep? And Eddie Murphy? This is what they want to do. So there's going to be a strike uh, with the actors most likely 
come June 30th. And like I said, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be long. The writers are on strike. I think at some point uh, soon, I don't know the date, the directors are going to go on strike. And the whole thing's going to shut down. And it ain't just going to affect the late night shows. It ain't going to just affect your favorite shows and all that stuff. The business of show sprinkles out, particularly in California, to the restaurants, to the coffee place. That whole city is ran around show business. The people that have the trailers, everything. It'll affect New York too, but California in particular, Los Angeles in particular, it's going it's to be shut down. And we got to do what we got to do to get the union back. You think that AI could recreate somebody like Jack Nicholson? You think that AI could recreate somebody like Aretha Franklin? It, this is all the Ice Cube. He said, yo, anybody that tries to AI me, I'm suing them. It's kind of cute, right? Like you're able to go, let me hear um, The weekend singing a Michael Jackson song. It's on YouTube. It's kind of cute where you go, yo, let me hear Biggie and Tupac singing, uh, you know, Ball So Hard. N-words in Paris, respectfully. It ain't cute. It ain't going to be cute when the producers start getting replaced. Because, no disrespect. Directors, actors, writers, we could do what the producers do. That's a fact. Directors, writers, actors, we can do what the producers do. But the producers can't do what we do. That's a fucking fact. Strike, motherfucker. We're going on strike. Listen, you want to have a good time? You need a good dick pill. That's just a fact of life. You want to have a good time, you need a good dick pill. I'm not saying all the time. I'm not saying every time. But every now and then, okay? You want to get things ready. You want to get things ripe. You need yourself the best of the best. And that is Blue Chew. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. All right, remember the days when you were always ready. Okay, well, now you can increase your performance and get the extra confidence you need in the bed, by the kitchen, in the living room, and wherever you may choose to do your business, bluechew.com. Bluechew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in a chewable tablet and at fraction of the cost. All right, and you get it online. You can get Blue Chew online. You don't have to go to the doctor's office, weird, awkward conversations with some weird, creepy doctor. Okay, Blue Chew is sent to the privacy of your own home. The tablets are made in the United States of America, prepared and shipped direct to your box in a discreet package. Does it work? Does a bear do do in the woods? Does a bear make love? In the woods, you could be missing out on the best sex of your life with Blue Chew. Men everywhere excited to see the postman, okay? Because the postman is bringing it, like I said, in a nice, discreet, quote-unquote, package. Remember, first impressions are important. Lasting impressions are important. But there's nothing sexier 
then Confidence and Blue Chew will help you give the confidence where and when it counts. And I got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew for free. Use the promo code RAP20 at checkout. RAP20. Just pay five bucks for shipping. That's bluechew.com with the promo code RAP20 to receive your first month free. The first month is on me, Michael Rappaport, a.k.a. the Sultan of Sniff, a.k.a. the Gringo Mandingo. Okay, go to bluechew.com for more details, important safety information, and we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. I am Rappaport Podcast. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the Draft King's YouTube channel is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. John Wall, baby, needs no introduction. Every week, the five-time NBA All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA and what's going on now in the league. CJ will bring his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoop takes. Plus, John Wall will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show to give their unfiltered accounts of what's really going on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Los Angeles Lakers and the Boston Celtics are on the brink of not just elimination. The Los Angeles Lakers and the Boston Celtics are on the brink of humiliating elimination from the Eastern and Western Conference finals, respectfully. And I say good. I say good. The better teams are winning. The better teams will be meeting up in the finals. There ain't going to be no rabbit coming out of your keister this time, LeBron James. I I saw him in the press conference. He's like, oh, you never know. He's like doing it just in case. He gave a quote with a little sort of twinkle. There is no just in case, LeBron James. It's over. It's over. You did good. The Lakers did 
You did good. You gave it your best, but I guess your best wasn't good enough, you fuck. You gave it your best, but I guess your best was not good enough, you fuck you. Bye-bye, assholes. And the Boston Celtics. Nothing makes me happier than the Boston Celtics potentially getting swept and or losing in five games. I don't care if it's seven games, eight games. I don't care if they play the best out of 27. Nothing makes me happier than the Boston Celtics losing except the Boston Red Sox losing. And I don't even like baseball. This is just an intrinsic thing. Again, my father, my mother, they never perpetuated. They never said, oh, you're a New Yorker growing up. We hate Boston. It was just the way I came out. I knew intrinsically. Born and raised New York City. Born and raised New York Hospital. March 20th, 1970, 6.43 a.m. Or might have been 5.13 a.m. I don't fact check. I knew that all things Boston sports were no good. Nata. And I've written about it. I've talked about the great Larry Bird inspiring me. Along with Magic Johnson and, of course, Dr. J. Inspiring me to take on my quest to become an NBA player. Failed miserably. That being said, I knew genetically that the Boston Celtics were not good. The Boston Red Sox were not good. And I learned a little bit later that the New England Patriots also weren't shit. I saw the Boston Bruins. You know, we talk about PTSD. As a child, as a child, talk about trauma. I was into hockey. And one fateful night in the world's most famous arena, those gorillas from the Boston Bruins went into the crowd and attacked fans in the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden. The New York Rangers were playing the Boston Bruins and those fucking baboons that were playing for the Bruins went into the crowd and attacked fans. You talk about trauma? I was traumatized by that. I'm just, just I should sue the Boston Bruins. I should sue the people of New York that grew up having to watch that over and over. That was scary. These are animals. You climb into the the stands of Madison Square Garden, and you beat the man with his own shoe? Because what'd he call you? A toothless animal? That's what you were. And you proved you were a toothless animal by climbing over the glass into the crowd and beating up patrons at the world's most famous arena. That's, I need to run that up. There may be a lawsuit. That's post-traumatic stress disorder. Jason Tatum, you're not that dude. Jason Tatum, stop dressing up every game. You look ridiculous. Where the fuck are you going? To a funeral. You're going to a funeral. 
You show up game four in some fresh dip, put on some fucking sweatpants and a hoodie and walk into the fucking arena. Stop the fashion show, the presentation. You're not that fucking dude. And I know that Jason, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, these are good dudes, but you play for the Boston Celtics, so fuck it. You motherfuckers need to stop trying to look fly going to the game. And Grant Williams is out there, and he poked the bear of Jimmy Butler, and none of you guys have his back? None of you guys say something in his defense? Like, Jimmy Butler is like Godzilla? Like, Jimmy Butler's Michael Jordan? He's trying to compete. Granted, uh, Grant Williams lost that end of the fight, but no one says anything in his defense? Yo, Jason Tatum, stop dressing up for the games. Unless you're showing up in a black suit because the next game, they're putting you in the casket for the season. You're done. I don't care if you lose in four straight or you lose gentleman sweep five games. You guys, Boston Celtics, ha! I'm, I'm, I love it. I love seeing the Boston Celtics get smacked around. And Jason Tatum's like, you know, I'm off Instagram during the, during the playoffs. You might want to think about turning your Instagram on. Why is that a big thing when athletes go, yo, I'm off Instagram, you know, during the playoffs so I could focus? Motherfucker, maybe you should get back on Instagram because you don't seem focused. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, you should open up your Instagram, your TikTok, your Vine, your Snapchat, your Facebook. If you can figure out a way to get into your MySpace, open that up too. I'm off Instagram. So what? Get back on Instagram. You guys ain't Kobe Bryant. You, Devin Booker, none of you guys are Kobe Bryant. Get off that. Make your own legacy. Come up with your own nicknames. None of you dudes are Kobe Bryant. Like, is that supposed to scare somebody? Yo, I'm off all social media during the playoffs. So what? I don't think you are off social media during the playoffs, Jason Tatum, because the amount of time that you're spending dressing up, coming into the arena in all white and all these exotic outfits, you mean to tell me later on you don't go looking up to see how much people like your outfit, your fit, your drip? Or I don't believe it. That's not a selling point. Like, oh, God, uh-oh, uh-oh. The Boston Celtics, they're off social media. Uh, you better watch out. You see, Jimmy Butler ain't off social media. He's talking shit. And you know what? The fresh dressers ain't winning anything. Steph Curry, he don't dress fresh. Tries every now and then. But he comes to the game. He don't, he's not spending hours figuring out what he's going to wear. Kevin Durant barely looks like he... Fucking took a shower. Let alone do the laundry. Djokovic. The Joker. Another one. Joel Embiid. Giannis. All these fresh dip, fresh dip. James Harden. James Harden, you're a bum. You had a great career. Hall of Fame career. MVP. Bop, 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 bop. I don't know why everybody in the NBA is like, well, James Harden might decide to do this. James Harden might go to Houston. Houston, why would you bring him back? He's done. 
He's proven. Number one, he's out of his prime, way out of his prime. Number two, he's proven even in his prime, in his MVP careers, he does not do it during the playoffs. I don't know if he got a, like a, a ticker problem or what have you. James Harden is not that dude. So I don't know why, like, the, like that's a conversation. James Harden might decide to do this. James Harden might decide to do that. Houston, Houston, why would you bring James Harden back? He's finito. Another guy showing up to the arena dressed. The Met Gala is once a year. Why are you dressing up like it's the Met Gala every single game all season long? You look ridiculous. Yo, Adam Silver. If I'm the Boston Celtics, some of these dudes, you're just spending too much time on your drip. But the Boston Celtics, hopefully, sweep. I might need to, and if they don't get swept in Miami, I might need to go up to Boston with that broom. Would I be putting my life on the line going up to Boston with that broom for game five? I would love it. And I hope when you see this message, the Los Angeles Lakers have also got swept out too. Finally, Melo, Carmelo Anthony has announced his retirement after 19 years in the NBA. 19 years, Carmelo Anthony, who did a lot. Carmelo Anthony, nine-time scoring champion, won uh, the NCAA championship at Syracuse, was the MVP or most outstanding player, all-star games, three-time Olympics, all-rookie team, top five, 75th anniversary team, and the ninth leading scorer, which is crazy, in NBA history. Ninth leading scorer out of all the players that have played in the NBA, Carmelo Anthony. I mean... Incredible career, obviously never won a championship. You know, I think the legacy of Carmelo grew as he was sort of pushed out of the league. Talk about a bag, an offensive bag, somebody who could score. I mean, jab step, post up, off the dribble, off the, I mean, Carmelo, to the basket, left hand, right hand. He had a, a true blue bag. Never was able to really do anything. Um, the Denver Nuggets, they had their run. Man, it seems like so long ago. But they were going at it with Kobe and the Lakers. He took the Knicks that one year to the second uh, round of the uh, the playoffs, which means nothing. But Carmelo Anthony, sick career. Such a sick career. Hey, but he's announced his retirement, as he should. It sucks that he had to retire in the offseason with an Instagram video and not with one team that, you know, I don't think Carmel, we, we, the Knicks aren't going to retire his number. The, the, listen, this is no disrespect to Carmelo Anthony, but if you don't retire Bernard King, you better not retire Carmelo Anthony. Again, no disrespect to Carmelo Anthony. The Denver Nuggets, they're not going to retire his number. I, I don't think Carmelo Anthony will have his number retired in the NBA, I believe his jersey is already retired at Syracuse, as it should be. But he just didn't do significant enough work with either the Nuggets or the Knicks to warrant getting his number retired. That being said, he's another great 
who never won a championship, and that's fine. Not everybody's going to win a championship. He he tried, you know, towards the end of his career to go to this, this team and that team. At one point, I can't remember, if maybe it was the first year with his Lakers or the second year with the Lakers. I thought he was going to go to the Lakers. He went there, in my opinion, too late. Needless to say, Carmelo Anthony, ninth all-time leading scorer in NBA history. Fantastic, fantastic career with a true blue bag has announced his retirement. And I'm also done. Not retiring, of course. But I am done with this I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast. I came, I saw, I disrupted. I'll say it again. I came, I saw, I disrupted. Miles Jordan, a.k.a. the Bleach Brothers, a.k.a. the Dust Brothers, take me out of here with something real nice. Take me out of here with something real nice. But most importantly, end this I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast with something real funky. I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast. I'm out. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.